Welcome to Doc Holliday's Tea Party, where we inspire freedom and we let liberty roll unencumbered to patriots across America. We stand on the side of freedom as we speak out about current events, provide thought-provoking interviews, and awaken sleeping patriots to become modern-day Paul Revere. So get fired up and get inspired. Let's go out and rattle the very foundations of this nation as we pursue the happiness of fiscal responsibility, the joy of limited government, and the jubilation of free markets. This week's show is going to be exciting and educational as we focus on some of the top news events, such as the Disclosure Act, President Obama's Supreme Court nominee, Elena Kagan, the new general in charge of the war in Afghanistan, as well as looking at some of the candidates emerging from the primaries to run in the general election. This week's guest is a certified successful entrepreneur, and we will discuss how the far left in charge today is affecting the job situation of small businesses across the country. Then finally, as always, we will end with the Plymouth Rock of Liberty speech, and you don't want to miss today's speech, so don't disconnect. Keep the internet streaming as we pursue the truth. And let the truth set the liberals free from the lies that they once believed. Doc Holliday's Tea Party is on the air. First up this, uh, this week, we have the Democratic Party is pushing for this Disclosure Act. And they're running against time because they want the Disclosure Act to be in full effect before the November elections. You talk about running scared. And the Democrats say, it's free speech for me, but it's not for thee. Uh, the Examiner editorial on June 25th, 2010 said, In March, the Supreme Court Citizens United decision struck down campaign finance limits on political expression by individuals working through corporations and unions as a violation of the First Amendment's guarantee of free freedom of speech. A cry ensued among liberal Democrats predicting doom if they and their special interest allies were required to follow the Constitution. Big Labor's bosses promised to spend millions to protect the Democratic majority if it would speedily pass legislation to circumvent the decision and thus the Constitution, but restore limits on their corporate foes. This article goes on and on, and it tells about this Disclosure Act, it, the Disclose Act passed by the House, is nothing more than uh, a way to get Democrats' uh, seats saved. I wanted to say something else. They wanted to get the rear end saved. But I tell you what, the American people are waking up. This thing is unconstitutional, and they know it. All they care about is the short term. They took an oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States of America. The Supreme Court has ruled what, what is right, and now they are complaining about what the Constitution says. I'm tired of politicians who abuse the Constitution. So are you. The Tea Party movement is saying, get the bombs out of here. And these bombs are lining up. Everyone that voted for this has just raised their hand and said, I'm a bomb, and we need to get them out of there. Freedom of speech. It's a rock-solid principle of the American Constitution. And anybody, anybody, I don't care if they're Democrat or Republican, if they take this free speech and say, let's just, let's just hand it out. We'll hand a little over here and a little over there. No, it's freedom of speech. Look at the Constitution. Look at it. Read it. Live it. Breathe it. And get out of Washington. And if you don't have enough guts to stand up for the Constitution, I beg the people in your district to throw you out. 
It's time to look at what your congressman did. If they voted for this, this close act, throw them out of there. Get excited. Get off your couch. You can do it. There's enough people that love America in your district, wherever it is. If your congressman or congresswoman voted for this, get them out of Washington. We need freedom of speech, and I don't want people monkeying around with the United States Constitution. There's a lot more I could say about that. Our show's just 30 minutes. So let's move on. We're going to talk about the Supreme Court nominee of President Barack Obama. This is his second. He, uh, he nominated Elena Kagan. Hmm, let's see. She's Jewish and she's ultra-liberal. She worked in the Clinton White House. She had a little spat for the military when she was head of the Harvard Law School seems like she threw them out on their ears. Just threw them out on their ears. Said, you can't come in here and recruit because I, personally, she said, <laughs> she didn't like the don't ask, don't tell policy. Didn't care about what the law said and Supreme Court overruled her and now she's been nominated to sit on the Supreme Court. Outrageous. Let's see what some of the Jewish... Uh, Population says, here we are, uh, an article by Pete Wynn. Jewish clergy group, Elena Kagan, isn't, quote, kosher to serve on the Supreme Court. Supreme Court nominee, Elena Kagan, is not kosher, meaning she is not fit to serve on the court, according to more than 850 Orthodox members of the Rabbinical Alliance of America. That's the term the rabbis used about Kagan in a press release issued Thursday saying Helena Kagan is not kosher. She is not, to fit, she is not fit to sit on this court or any court. It goes on to talk about Rabbi uh, Levin, <coughs> spokesperson, and uh, basically said, uh, this is what he said. It is clear from Ms. Kagan's record on issues such as abortion on demand, partial birth abortion, the radical homosexual and lesbian agenda, the supremacy of the anti-family panoply over religious liberties of biblical adherents, etc., etc., that she will function as a flame-throwing radical, hastening society's already steep decline into Sodom and Gomorrah. The rabbis said this in their statement. Good heavens. Oh, all we need is another person to point to the road sign this way to Sodom and Gomorrah. And this Supreme Court nominee, if she is placed on the court, she may be on her 40 or 50 years. And every decision she'll make will say, we need to go to Sodom and Gomorrah. How can, how, how, how can the people of faith let this lady go unchallenged? Where are the African Americans who are begging George Bush, George W. every time there was a uh, an opening? We need we need African American. We need African American. Where where where's the voice now? We had President Obama. Overwhelmingly, over ninety five percent of African Americans voted for President Barack Obama to be our president. Said he's going to take care of the African Americans. This is his second Supreme Court nominee. I don't see a black person. I don't see a cry out saying we need to be more representative of America. No, no. President Obama has a left-wing ideology that flies in the face 
of the African-American Christian and community of faith. And now we need to see who will stand up on the word of God and say, just like these Jewish rabbis, stand up and say, this lady does not need to be on the Supreme Court. Period. Let's get the news out. Talk to your neighbors. Talk to everybody you know. This Supreme Court nominee needs to be dumped. We need somebody who knows how to stand on principle, stand on the Constitution, stand on what's right for America. This woman will stand for everything that is wrong for America. She does not need to be on the court. I'm not saying that. I'm saying what the Jewish clergy group says. Let's call your congressmen, call your senators. The senators need to know this lady does not hunt. Like a bird dog. Won't hunt. Now I want to tell you about some inspiring news. House candidate Tim Scott gives Obama an F. Credits him with inspiring black candidates. Uh, this is by uh, Sean Miller on uh, June 25th. It said, the South Carolina Republican being touted as the next J.C. Watts called President Obama's administration a failure. You think about the move towards socialism. Our country can't afford it. We have been brought to the brink of bankruptcy. State Representative Tim Scott told Fox News' Sean Hannity Thursday night. Scott defeated Paul Thurman, the son of the one-time segregationist Strom Thurman, in a June 22nd runoff for the Republican House nomination in South Carolina's 1st District. Huh. An African-American, South Carolina, defeats Paul Thurman, the son of the one-time segregationist Strom, Strom Thurman. Uh, America may be waking up. He's expected to replace retired Representative Henry Brown, a Republican from South Carolina. And he would become the first black Republican House member since J.C. Watts left the lower chamber in 2003. Scott said he's been called a Judas for running under the GOP banner. He said, the first time that I was elected, I was called a Judas Iscariot of the black community because I took a stand that was inconsistent of cutting across the grain, he said to Hannity. Now in my community, I probably received between 25 and 30% of the African-American vote because I consistently stand on the principles and the issues. I like that. The, the article goes on and says, quote, I think the black community by and large is a very conservative community. We have to consistently engage all Americans on the issues that we stand for as a party. And I think if we consistently do that, everywhere in this country we will find that people and our message resonates with the people. Despite his criticism, Obama, Scott credited him with inspiring more African Americans to run for office. As Republicans, he said. And that is true. There are more African Americans running as Republicans. Uh, there's more running than have ever run since the era of Reconstruction. Uh, the truth, this, Tim Scott went on and said, the truth is that all across America, We've had more African-Americans running as Republicans this year than any year since Reconstruction. He said, so my perspective is that this is the turning year because the Obama administration is driving more people to take a serious look at the Republican Party. And that is true. That's so true. As a Tea Party, we believe in conservative principles. I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican, but I tell you, I can get a magnifying glass and I can't find a conservative Democrat anymore. I think Harry, 
Harry Reid and Nancy Pelosi have steamrolled and turned into pancakes anybody that was once a conservative Democrat. They're eating them for breakfast. They're eating them, putting syrup on them, and making them all sticky. And they're going to stick to the liberal agenda because Nancy Pelosi is forcing them to what she's putting into legislation, what she's inserting to the conference bills. It is unbelievable. And if America is going to stand up for freedom, we're going to have to get rid of Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid. If that means defeating your congressperson who voted for her to be Speaker of the House, so be it. So be it. America will stand for freedom and Americans are waking up just like Tim Scott said. I don't care if you're black or white or Hispanic or purple and polka dotted. If you believe in the Constitution of America, the rascals that are in charge of the House and Senate today have got to be thrown out. It's time to get excited. It's time to get started on this election. And if you're not registered to vote, get out and vote. Register to vote. And now we're going to take a break right here. And we're going to get uh, come up to our guest section. We've got a little more news to cover, but we've got a very special guest. His name is Steve Glival, and he will be talking about uh, entrepreneurship and what this administration and what this far-left radical uh, Congress is doing to small businesses all across America. Let's see if we can get him on the phone right here. And we got here Steve Gladwell, president of Elite Elastomers. Steve, glad to have you on the program. Hey, it's good, be, good to be with you, Ed. Well, look, I know you're an entrepreneur. I know you're a successful business person, and you've uh, you've you've seen business in the in the big corporate world, and uh, you've started a small business providing jobs. Uh, tell us a little bit about the environment today. We know we're in a bad recession, but how? How are the policies of the new administration? Have you felt any impact, or do you see any hesitation going forward with some of the policies that the, the Congress and administration have put forth? Yeah, it, it definitely doesn't seem to be a good environment for the small business owner these days. Uh, you know, we, I tell you, the biggest thing right now, I mean, is it, really the not knowing. I mean, you hear a lot of things that look like they could be really, really detrimental to, to small business owners that are coming down the, the pike here pretty soon that have the legislation has been made and the regulations are being uh, put together now, and you really don't know what it's going to be. So it, it's kind of like uh, you're at a standstill on how to run your business. I mean, it's, it's very uh, uh, nonproductive as far as uh, uh, helping uh uh, gain jobs out there and to, to provide jobs for for employees uh, because uh, basically as an owner I, I don't know what we're going to be up against as far as government regulations are concerned so you just bat down the hatches and you do the best you can with the people you have well i know i understand everything from the health care law that's uh just administrations coming out uh just uh this week putting out some of the directives of the health care law telling the insurance companies that uh all these things that they will be mandated mandated to do and i saw where the secretary of health uh uh and human services Ka kathleen sebelia said that it should not increase she told them they should not increase their premiums more than one percent <laughs> and i'm thinking how does she know what it's going to cost and she's <laughs> telling them what it's going to be <laughs> she's already missed that one ed i tell you uh we just renewed our insurance for this year, and, and you better believe they're getting the insurance companies are 
are getting their self in position to cover themselves financially. I mean, we saw a uh, a twenty six percent increase from last year mm. in our group policy, and uh, admittedly, some of them said, "Hey, we're getting prepared. We're what's coming down uh, on us," you know, from from the government standpoint, and. Uh, yeah, and I anticipate it being worse next year, to now, be honest with you. I remember during the health care uh, debate, and, and they kept saying, this will make your premiums go down. <laughs> and and well, even then it was a joke, but now it, it the joke's joke. on us. I mean, uh, you know, you, you hear things like that, and, and uh, the, the individuals that deal with it day in and day out, uh, they know that it's just, uh, <laughs> it's just a farce when they say something like that. But not only that, I know some of the regulations coming in uh, in, in my field. Uh, it was uh, the, when we're looking at the health care bill, it's going to affect every business. Uh, just having the paperwork in a small uh, dental clinic. Now, uh, we're, we're saying we're going, anybody that gets paid more than $600, any supplier, anybody we get from, we're going to have to keep a, a, like a, a, a snip sheet. You know, uh, we're going to have to, we're going to, have to list anybody that gets over six hundred dollars. Any supplier, the number of suppliers, what, and and it's going to be on the small business to keep that and keep the records. And and it's going it's going to be uh, manpower hours. It's it's all kind of things that we don't know. Like you said, there's uncertainty out sure, there. Sure, it's a, it's an administrative nightmare when you get into to dealing with those extra regulations. It's going to be put on you, and um, you know. <laughs> Hey, what else does a big bureaucracy know to add more bureaucracy? You know, and, and they and for them they go to taxpayers and add more bureaucracy in the government, and then they say, well, you can do the same thing, but they don't realize in private business they got people who haven't haven't written out paychecks, and they don't realize uh, increased bureaucracy means less jobs. That's right. It's definitely these things are coming down from people who've never had to make a payroll. Who've never had to make decisions on, uh, based on what to spend and not to spend, just so that the bottom line was there where it needed to be, and to make decisions on on uh, how to cut back so you can save jobs. I mean, we spent all last year doing that. I mean, the economy was atrocious, as you know, last year, and uh, basically oh, yeah. we did the best we could to batten down the hatches to keep the people that we had working working all during the year. And it's really sad that now that we're seeing just a semblance of our particular markets improve. We've got an opportunity to add jobs, but we can't do that because we really don't know what's ahead of us. I mean, what what uh, what businessman is right mind would would go and add extra not only people assets but equipment assets that could provide jobs for equipment suppliers and 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 uh, and so forth. You can't do that because you don't know. Uh, what's coming down as far as what you're going to be required to pay as far as taxes, as far as regulations, and and so forth. And, and talking about that, I, I was just reading this about uh, uh, an article in the Wall Street Journal, Businesses Buyers Remorse, and it talked about how uh, the business roundtable that the Democrats helped put together to help uh, elect Barack Obama, and they talked like, uh, you know, they wouldn't try to, run up any corporate taxes if they would help support the health care. And so you had a lot of big business getting behind the health care push. And now they think they've been sold out because all of a sudden the House has passed a law uh, 
trying to get $14 billion out, out of uh, increasing taxes on corporations, these big cor multinational corporations. I think there's a, a quote right here from, uh, it said, Roundtable President John Castellani in an op-ed the same day, he said, uh, we stuck with the, that majority through trying circumstances, even alienating many of our traditional colleagues. And said, so what do we get? They, they keep vilifying the private sector. On and on, just like you've been talking about, the private sector is being uh, vilified, and 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 that was even they were used by the Obama administration and the and the left wing Congress to push this uh, health care bill through. And now I think they're seeing they were used and being thrown out the door. You know, they had uh, they don't get any respect. I think they've lost respect of uh, a lot of folks. Their business roundtable because they gave away themselves, and now. They're saying, uh, they're saying, hey, we didn't get anything for it. And they, they didn't get anything for it. Well, that's, that's totally right. And hey, it, it's very apparent that this administration to use any means that it needs to to, to, uh, to get the policies passed that they have on their agenda. Well, I know as a sm uh, small business owner, uh, entrepreneur, that uh, you do love America. And uh, what do you think about the Tea Party movement? This is uh, Doc Holliday's Tea Party radio show and we're glad for everybody's listening uh tell me what your thoughts are about the tea party do you think that's something good for america well, well i do anytime that that americans uh, have a grassroots type uh rising up that uh, of assuming their constitutional given rights i think that's got to be a good thing and uh anytime we can look back to the founders and look back to how this country was established and and those wonderful individuals that had a large part in establishing this great nation, then, uh, and we try to learn from what they were doing then and, and use it today, which the principles that were applied when this country was started are very relevant today, too. Anytime you see that happening in any type of movement, it's got to be a good thing. And I support it wholly. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm a Tea Party backer. I agree with those principles. Uh, anytime freedom is stressed, uh, that is that is definitely something that I'm in the middle of myself. Well, Steve, I appreciate you being on the show with us, and I do uh, appreciate you helping people understand, uh, and I think most people in the Tea Party understand, jobs come from good businesses that are able to get out and work hard. Uh, it was when America was, before America was founded, the first settlers, I think, was Captain John Smith, you know, uh, made everybody start working some because when they had a common storehouse, nobody would work. Everybody was out looking for gold. Nobody would be uh, raising the food. And so everybody had to get to work. And I think it's just a, a given principle. If you get to keep more of what you earn, you're going to work harder. That's right. And, hey, I mean, uh, the, the principle applies, especially in small businesses, too. And you know that in your practice. I mean, if you get to keep more of your own money, a large part of that money you're keeping is reinvested into your business. And part of that reinvestment is jobs. Exactly. You know, either you can give out uh, bonuses or you, or you hire someone else, but that's that's when you work harder. And I, I just, I don't understand how people who've never had a job, we've, we've elected them <laughs> into positions of making humongous decisions and I think this business roundtable realizes there's, they're not even taking their advice. They put together this business roundtable and they didn't use them. They used them, 
but uh, they didn't take any of their advice. And I, I think well, they yeah, they, they were political front men basically for them, you know. And once they got what they needed out of them, they threw them aside, threw them under the <laughs> the car, you know. Yeah, got thrown under the bus, so to That's speak. That's right. So, uh, well, I know we got elections coming up, and. Uh, you, in your district, I'm not going to ask you who you're going to vote for, but who would you tell everybody in America to vote for? The stand up for uh, freedom, and and uh, well, you, you, I'll let you give the final word on anything you want to say about the elections coming up. Well, I, I just think we need to focus more on we the people, Ed. I, I tell you, um, we've we've strayed a uh, a very far way, a piece away from from where this country was established and. And uh, I believe I, I'm, I'm really concerned about um, more power being taken over by our government. And what makes it even worse, it's a government that doesn't represent the, the, the wants and the desires of the people. So it's time that we as individuals, as, Americas, as Americans, stand up and, and we change the guard up there in Washington. If we should be focused in on the values and the principles of those people that we're voting for. They need to be someone who who supports the Constitution and who's willing to get in there and work for the people and represent our ideas and our desires and uh, serve serve the people instead of just choosing it as a career. I'm afraid what we got right now in Washington is just a bunch of career politicians. Uh, I really wish we could get back to the days where individuals good individuals would take time out of their careers to go and serve their country for a set amount of years. That's what we need to get back to. If we've got any candidates that fall into that category, then by all means we ought to be supporting them. We ought to vote them in. Steve Gladwell, President of Elite Elastomers, thank you so much for being on Doc Holliday's Tea Party. And uh, God bless you, and we'll, we'll talk to you again. Thank you. I appreciate people like Steve Gladwell coming on the show and letting us know what it really means to be uh, in the in the fight for jobs. And you heard it. How can you how can you reach out and give jobs when there's so much uncertainty about government regulations and all these new things that are coming down the pike? They've been passed, and we don't know. It's like Nancy Pelosi said, "You won't know what's in the bill till we pass it," and we still don't know what's in it, and it's getting scarier every day. And uh, same thing with uh, Dodd and Frank's. <laughs> Put this uh, financial thing together, and Dodd said, "You won't know what's in it till till it gets till till it gets passed." I'm tired of politicians telling us we won't know what's in the bill till it gets passed. It's time to throw them out, throw them out, throw the bums out. Good gracious, alive! Getting my blood pressure up. Uh, let me just say that uh, as far as Afghanistan, we got a new general there, General Petraeus. I had an opportunity to meet him about a month ago as he. I was at a meeting and he uh, got us up to date on Iraq and Afghanistan. And I really believe Barack, President Barack Obama has done a, made a good decision once he uh, needed a new general. I think General Petraeus is the ideal candidate, uh, ideal general to be in this position. It's a very, very difficult situation in Afghanistan. And it's a unique to uh, any war we've ever had. So let's pray for General Petraeus. Pray for President Obama as our Commander-in-Chief. And let's pray for our American military. I told last week's show that, uh, that uh, I dedicated to our men and women in military uniform and our veterans. 
and there's always a special place in my heart for those who who are uh, risking their life for our the sake of our nation. So I'm going to continue to pray. Uh, and I advise you and ask you to please pray for our troops. Pray for our commander-in-chief. Pray for General Petraeus. Now we got a few more things we're going to cover. Uh, coming up is the Rock of Liberty speech. The Plymouth Rock of Liberty speech. Before I get to that, let me just remind you that I got a book out called Walk With Me, A Patriot's Guide from the Boston Tea Party to Today's Tea Party Revolution. You can get that book at www.teaparty.ms. You can go there. That's my web page. Uh, we try to keep it fairly updated, but uh, you can get that book. I got some essays, other books that you can order from that website. Or you can get uh, Walk With Me on Amazon.com if you like ordering through Amazon. So uh, check it out. That's uh, Walk With Me, A Patriot's Guide from the Boston Tea Party to Today's Tea Party Revolution by Dr. Ed Holliday. Now we're coming to the end of the program. We're going to call this the Plymouth Rock of Liberty speech. And this is July 4th celebration time of the year. And I thought no better uh, way to celebrate and talk about uh, some of the inspiring moments of our founders. So let me just tell you about a little trip I took about a year ago. Recently, uh, within the last 12 months, I traveled to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, with my two older children, Peyton and Edison. She, Peyton was 11 and Edison's 9. Together, we toured the places marking the birth of our country. We immersed ourselves in sights like the Liberty Bell, complete with its crack and its inspiring inscription from the Holy Bible in Leviticus 25.10. Proclaim liberty throughout all the land and to all the inhabitants thereof. My daughter asked, why are people from other countries here seeing our Liberty Bell? The crowds were tremendous, long lines of all kind of people from all countries here in all kind of languages. And I explained how before the American founders declared independence, people everywhere were ruled by kings and monarchs who were removed only by death, either natural or otherwise. What radical people could ever produce a successful self-government? A head of state having to face the citizens for approval after four years in office. Wow, now that was radical in 1787. And why people from all the earth long to see the Liberty Bell. They come to the source of freedom. Across from the Liberty Bell stands Independence Hall. We stood in a room where both the Declaration of Independence and the United States Constitution were deliberated, passed, and signed. I told my children to not rush when our tour group was asked to leave. We would just linger a little longer. I wanted those precious moments alone in the hushed silence to hear the same boards creak that were there to hear our founders speak. I wanted to gaze at the desk where our founders fiercely contested the magnitude of each decision. I wondered how they felt about declaring independence, an act of treason to the king, and if they dwelled about how the noose would feel around their necks if the war was lost. Pondering the closed-door debates constructing the United States Constitution in 1787, I could visualize the then-elderly but ever-wise Franklin sitting among the delegates as they squabbled and then 
him rising to declare that each day should begin in prayer as he quoted the scripture that except the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. Oh, how I wish that I could hear, I could hear all those precious words of liberty that changed our world forever. I gazed at the chair where George Washington presided so that I could see the wood-carved sun of which Franklin declared after the passage of the Constitution that he had, through the deliberations, wondered if that sun in Washington's back was rising or setting. Franklin was assured by the end of the convention that it was rising. Now later that day, about a hundred yards across an open park from Independence Hall, I told my children to take a seat near a monument, a monument to free speech. I stepped up to the monument and gave a 12-minute address detailing the pitfalls and dangers of the recently debated United States House of Representatives health care bill. This was in August of 2009. As I was ending, I assessed more and more law enforcement activity around Independence Hall. People and park rangers were coming by. After a while, sirens and lights were flashing. First Lady Michelle Obama had come, unannounced publicly, to tour Independence Hall with her two children. After I had just toured Independence Hall with my two children. Now this is freedom where I can stand up and declare with all the passion that I can muster that I am vehemently opposed to a bill that our president is adamantly pushing. I take pride in our first African-American president and what it means for our country both here and around the world. But that does not mean that I agree with all his policies. Here I was about a hundred yards away from where his wife and children were taking the same tour that I had just taken with my children. And yet I fear no retribution or punishment for opposing my president. He has taken an oath to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution and he cannot suppress my right to free speech without breaking his oath. As we exercise our freedoms it always reminds me of Independence Hall. And when I gave that speech at the Free Speech Monument in August 2009, freedom of speech was freedom of speech. But I think today what we're seeing is freedom of speech in jeopardy. The House passage of the Disclose Act in June gives Congress the right to control who can speak and who it is who gets special privileges to speak when they want to. Who is this that's destroying free speech? Every one of the bums should be voted out of office. Anybody, anybody that voted to stop free speech should be thrown out. Get them out of Washington. The stench is rising. Don't wait till November. Get out of your house now. Go knock on your neighbor's door. If you're not registered to vote, then you need to get registered. If you're listening to this program online, you have no excuse not to get registered. You can simply go to afa.net. That's www.afa.net. Click activism. Go to the Legislative Action Center. 
and that will open up a new page. Then click election in the box at the top of the page and you'll see a place to click register to vote. There, this is no joke. America needs you. You, if you are not registered to vote, you get registered. It's easy to do. Go to afa.net and you can get registered no matter what state you live in. Register to vote and make sure your vote counts this November. Do not let this country fail because you were too lazy to get out and register to vote. Do not let this country fail because you were afraid to stand up for freedom. We all want to be accountable for our decisions. And someday we'll all have to face judgment. There'll be a judgment day. But I tell you what, this November is the judgment day of the American people. And we can declare we're going to stand up for freedom if every one of the United States House of Representatives has to be thrown out. We can do it. This is the Tea Party Network. This is Doc Holliday's Tea Party. And I'm telling you, get excited because this election is going to determine the future course of this country. Get out and get excited. Get out and vote. Make sure your friends vote. Plan now. Don't wait to November. You get your plan to get your friends out and make sure they're registered to vote. And we're going to see some kind of freedom movement. Some kind of tea party come November. Remember in November. Get out and vote. See you next week. God bless you all.